Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social and economic renewal in our immediate communities and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. Thank you everybody for being here. Good to see you. Uh, this is the day the Lord has made. We are continuing to talk about the blessing. You don't believe it. People are like, Can't, haven't we exhausted it yet? No, we haven't exhausted the blessing for the blessing is inexhaustible. All right. So we've been talking about the blessing in business garage since January. And uh, we had other plans. God had other plans. So we are still in the blessing. And today we'll be talking about Deuteronomy chapter 28. Come on, somebody. Boo-hoo-hoo. Yeah, now is a good time to share this link with all your relatives, all your friends, all your enemies, your frenemies, your in-laws, your outlaws, and everybody that you care about to whatever degree because this is going to bless you. Again, we start in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Shout, I'm blessed. I'm blessed, 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 blessed. Joseph Rabose, you're always on this uh, broadcast. Good to see you, sir. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has already blessed us. I am blessed. I'm not looking for the blessing. I walk in the blessing. And this blessing is in the heavenly places in Christ and he has made us sit together with him in the heavenly places in Christ. I remember reading this from Chris Vallotton that when you understand your position and how blessed you are, you understand that we no longer operate from earth towards heaven. We operate from heaven towards earth. My God, that's tweetable right there. As in, we, 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 oh yeah, yeah. We don't pray like people who are praying on earth, praying for heaven to intervene in earthly affairs. We pray like heavenly beings praying from heaven to earth. That's why Jesus, he didn't go out saying, dear Lord, God, sir, whatever, help. No, he would just say, get up and be, uh, rise up and, uh, and walk. Pick up your bed and walk. Stretch your hand. What? He was operating from heaven to earth. Those are the implications of the resurrection, my friends, which we talked about last week. We are operating from heaven to earth. Change your prayer life to stop badging heaven and stop, start speaking the oracles of God. Start speaking as if you are based in heaven because that's the, the truth. That's the truth. That's the reality. To be carnally minded is death. Carnally minded is being earth-based. Earth-bound like a worm. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. When you're spiritually minded and spiritually mouthed, you speak the way Jesus speaks. Pick up your bed and walk. I am blessed. I am the righteousness of God. I am the healed of the Lord. Ah, I am full of love, joy, peace, precious, kindness, goodness, ah, self-control. Ah, against this, the, 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 the law, it does not apply. They, they, uh, that's being operating from heaven to earth. When you operate from earth to heaven, you beg God for things. 
When you operate from heaven to earth, you distribute things from God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those who are operating from earth to heaven are still trying to love God. Those who operate from heaven to earth love like God. Love with God. They pray with God. They don't pray to God. They pray with God. They, they, they speak what God will be speaking. They declare what God will be declaring. Imagine being married to a person who operates from heaven to earth. All they ever wanted to do to, 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 to be to you is what Jesus is to the church. That's what they say when they say husbands, love your wives or Christ love the church. It's to operate from heaven to earth. To understand you, you have the love, you have the resources, so your role is to distribute. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. Come on, people. Come on, people. So we're operating from heaven to earth, not earth to heaven. Stop those faithless carnal prayers that make God look like a mean being who is out to destroy humanity. Let's stop being carnal. It hasn't worked for 2,000 years. Why are we still in it? Start being spiritual. Spirit, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. These things also we speak. Which things? The things that have been freely given to us by God. Those are the things we speak. We are willing and obedient to eat the good of the land. <coughs> we are spiritual. We are blessed. <coughs> we don't hold. We don't hold on to things. We distribute things. <coughs> People are hearing, a lot of people talk about, in worship service, talk about eggs. They don't, what's this eggs thing? <coughs> I'll bring some clarity. <coughs> uh, someone just called me on Thursday and said, someone has paid for 500 trays of eggs. And uh, they should give them to worship harvest to distribute. So we spent all of yesterday trying to figure out how to distribute eggs. Even today, they are continuing to distribute eggs. 500 trays. Let me say something prophetic here. That's a sign. Yes. That whole egg thing is a sign. The thing is not the thing. The thing is a pointer to something else. That in this time, when, the, the, when what the, the best that people hope for is kawunga yeah. and beans, someone anonymous decides to give 500 trays of eggs. That's a sign. In this season, eggs are not essential. Essential services. <laughs> it's a sign. Children of God, God is shouting. He's saying something to you. He's saying, now you get it. Your best hope is Kawunga. And then I bring eggs. Watch and see what's going to happen. Some of you think that when we say these things, we are just being idle. No, 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 no. <laughs> there are those who have dismissed God. There are those who have said all sorts of things. Where is the church now? Where are the preachers? They're in hiding. It is a watch and see. Yes. You're going to see. The church is going to emerge out of this with such power like you've never seen before such resources like you've never seen before. Amen. Such mission-mindedness 
to serve and change the world like you've never seen before. It's a sign. Back to the message. <laughs> blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Galatians 3, 8. And the scripture first saying that God would justify the Gentiles by faith. God would render the Gentiles righteous by faith. Righteousness is right standing with God. You're justified. Justification is just as if you had never sinned. In other words, when God looks at you, he sees absolutely no sin. Not that the sin is not there. He just doesn't see it because God is a spirit and those who relate with him, John 4.24, must relate with him in spirit and in truth. So when God relates with you, God doesn't know how to relate with your flesh. He just cannot. You will die. So it relates with you spirit to spirit. That's why you have to be spiritually minded. When you're spiritually minded, you think about yourself with God in relationship at spirit level. And your spirit is sealed. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 14, sealed. So there's, there's nothing in there that's wrong. So when God sees you, he doesn't see anything wrong with you. God doesn't see anything wrong with you. Of course, your wife or your husband may see something wrong with you. Your roommate might see something's wrong with you, but not God. That's why it's possible to maintain constant communion with him because for him, he never goes anywhere. He's, he loves you the whole time. He just is into you. So the suit of thing, God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel, the good news, the almost too good to be true news that was preached to Abraham beforehand was in you, Abraham, all the nations shall be blessed. The blessing is eternal life. Psalm 133. In you and your seed, who is Christ, all the nations shall be blessed. And says, so then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. Amen. And then it says, if you're Abraham's, if you're, in, if you're Christ's, verse 29, if you're Christ's, then you're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. But today I want us to focus a little bit on verse 13 and 14 because it's critically important. Verse 13 and 14 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Why did Christ hang on the tree? Why did Jesus go onto the cross? The reason is right there, that the blessing of Abraham, which was restricted to only the Jews, can now come to the Gentiles who are in Christ, like you and I. Now, you quickly realize that the blessing of Abraham had nothing to go with going to heaven. New wrinkle in your brain right there. Nothing. There was nothing that God told Abraham that had to go with, I will take you to heaven. Zero. It had everything to do with operating heaven on earth. Not, heaven es not, he not earth escape to heaven. And it's unfortunate that the church's whole emphasis in our evangelism, which we should be doing, is telling people the whole point of salvation is to go to heaven and not go to, to hell. Now, of course, if you operate in this blessing of Abraham and you're in Christ, you're automatically going to end up in heaven. That's why Jesus tells that story of Lazarus and the other guy who went to the wrong place and the person who was in paradise, whom he was saying, can you just, who he was pleading to, it was Abraham. 
Now we don't have a record of Abraham saying the sinner's prayer. Another wrinkle in your brain. Oh, just maybe I need to slow down. <laughs> it's flowing too fast in my mind. We we don't have a record of Abraham praying the sinner's prayer so he can go to heaven. But Abraham operated by the righteousness of God. He, he believed God and was accounted to him for righteousness. That's why when Jesus tells that story, Abraham is in paradise. That's the third heaven. Abraham is in paradise. He's seated in paradise. And Lazarus is seated in Abraham's bosom. Just to say, when we talk about the blessing and the fact that it has serious earthly implications, it also has serious heavenly implications. That's why Melchizedek tells Abraham when he blesses him, when he came uh, from the slot of the kings, that blessed be Abraham, possessor of heaven and earth. So the blessing of Abraham has both to do with heaven and earth. Now for most of you, you focus too much on heaven and forgotten that earth is in the equation. Then some of you have focused too much on earth and forgotten that heaven is in the equation. So it's both. Abraham is possessor of heaven and earth and if you are an heir of Abraham, then you and I are also possessors of heaven and earth. So he blesses Abraham, this blessing operates in Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Pharaoh, <laughs> Israel. And so let's go to the part where they talk about this blessing in operation, the blessing in operation, Deuteronomy 28, the blessing. Now do not forget Galatians 3, 13 and 14. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us that the blessing of Abraham. Now, look what he says. Now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God. This is Moses speaking to Israel just before they get into the promised land. He's rehearsing the instructions that God gave them earlier on in Exodus and Leviticus, some of them, and telling them what's going to happen when they get into the promised land. He says, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Then he's going to start talking about the blessings. But I want us to first get verse 1 and 2 clear. What has Christ done? Now, Deuteronomy 28 is full of both the blessings that will overtake Israel when they obey the, the voice of the Lord and the curses that will overtake them if they disobey the voice of the Lord, the law of the Lord. Now, interestingly, the blessings are only 14 verses. In fact, they are only 12 verses because the first two verses are precursor. Then the 12 blessings are only 12 verses. Then from verse 15, all the way, to 68 are the curses. Yeah. My goodness. 68 minus 14 is 54. 54 verses are about the curse of failing to keep the law. And only 12 verses are about the blessing of keeping the law. Now you and I know what happened to Israel. What happened to Israel? They ended up in exile. Why? For failure to keep the law. I can guarantee you that Israelites are much more disciplined than Ugandans. 
And if they ended up in exile for keeping the law, the Gentiles are also going to end up in exile for failure to keep the law automatically because the law cannot be kept. It cannot. It cannot. That's why he says Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, so that in Deuteronomy chapter 28, we only get the blessing part that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles, minus the curse. Jesus, when he went to the cross, he took care of verse 15 all the way to 68 so that he could deliver to us verse two, two, 3 to, four, to 14. I know some of you are arguing in your minds. It's okay. It's okay to argue. It's just that over time, the results show. Now, I'm constrained to go back to Galatians to clarify this point further. Galatians, give me 3.10. Because we always, we always quote 3, 8, 9, or 7, 8, 9. In fact, in me from 7, so that when we enter 10, we understand the context. Because I haven't done you the favor of showing you the context. It says, therefore, know that only those who have faith are sons of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by what? By faith, not by works. Gentiles can't be justified by works. Impossible. It's by faith. Preach the gospel to Abraham before and saying, in you all the nations shall be blessed. Verse 9. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. Verse 10. Give me verse 10. So these are by faith. Now let's look at the ones by works. He says, for as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. As many as try to acquire this blessing through their own righteousness, through their own goodness, through their own works are under verse 15 to 64. Are under the curse for it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Not stay verse 10 there. I'll just stay with verse 10. Cursed is everyone. Who does not want? Continue. The issue of the law is not about I tried. It's not about I started, then I failed call, then I restarted, then I failed call. The way some of you treat your New Year's resolutions. Start, start, you know, there's this start, stop, continue. For you, it is start, stop. Then start, stop. Start January, stop January. Then February to December is, we don't know what happened. Then you start January, works of the law. You cannot get results through your, the arm of flesh will fail you. Ye dare not trust your own Cast is everyone, not some people. Everyone who does not, what's the key word there is continue. The law has 613 commandments. And if you are going to be justified by works, 
The expectation is that you are keeping 613 commandments every second of every minute, of every hour, of every day, of every week, of every month, of every year of your life. And the moment you slip up, you move into the curse. Cursed is everyone who does not continue. Take me to James. Take me to James. That's why we love Jesus. That's why we've been singing about Jesus. 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 I said, Jesus. Jesus. There is something about chapter 2. That name, Master, Savior, Jesus, you're like the fragrance after the rain. Verse 10, chapter 2, verse 10. Jesus. I said, Jesus, Jesus, let heaven and earth proclaim kings and kingdoms will all pass away. But there's something about that name, verse 10, for whoever shall keep the whole law, the whole law, all of it, and yet stumble in one point, he's guilty of all. Stumble is something like this. You don't organize yourself to stumble. That's where I am going to stumble. Stumbling, here we come. So you come carefully for it. And then you stumble by committing adultery. I know some of you plan for your sins in, 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 elaborately. And now that you're in lockdown, your sin life has been reduced by the government, thank God. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you are going about your life, you're doing the best you know how to, and then you just stumble. You, you, hit, you hit your leg on stone. When you didn't know it was there, that's what we call stumbling. He says, for whoever shall keep the whole law, 613, and yet stumble in one point, not even in one law, one point, he is guilty of all. Committing adultery is against the law of God, and those who commit adultery must be stoned to death, both men and women, according to the law. There is only one small problem with this part of the law, because someone has to do the stoning. God is not going to do the stoning. So then those who do not do the stoning are also breaking the law. Because the instruction is to stone those who commit adultery. So if you commit adultery, you're breaking the law. If you don't stone those who commit adultery, you are stumbling in one point. And so you're as guilty as those who have committed adultery. And of course, if we continue along that line, an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, hand for a hand, you'll find lots of mutilated people around and dead people. Because then everyone will be stoning everyone. 
He says, whoever shall keep the whole law, and yet somewhere in one point, he is guilty of all. Next verse. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. Now, if you do not commit adultery, but you do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so do as those who will be judged by the law of liberty. By the law of liberty. By the law of liberty. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit, all the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the love, sin, and death. Oh, there is. Therefore, take me to Deuteronomy. No, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So your obedience, child of God, then becomes, your obedience becomes, your obedience, how you obey these instructions becomes getting into Christ. That's your obedience. You get into Christ. You come under the cover of Christ. You come under the righteousness of Christ. It says that being ignorant of the righteousness of God, they've gone around establishing their own righteousness, talking about Israel. You come under this righteousness. You come under this love. You come under this provision, under this blessing. I keep telling people, we all know the salvation equation. Salvation is not just hell escape. Salvation is forgiveness of sins, healing of your body and soul, and prospering of your life. That's finances, marriage, relationships, everything, career. Everything is in there. But we know that the forgiveness of sins part, we know we can't do it. So we trust Christ for it. Why do we trust ourselves for the others? Why do we trust ourselves for provision? You're like, I'll receive some forgiveness by faith, but money, I'm going to work for it. That's damn, damn, damn to the nth degree. Of course, you're supposed to work hard. Why? To have something to give those who do not have, to emphasize, to, to push the kingdom of God. Let me try and get to the blessing part. <laughs> so he says, okay, now that you know you're blessed, here is what he says. Here is the operational part of it. Blessed, verse 3, shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the country. In other words, it doesn't matter where you are. You might be from Chitukutwe, the country, or Botenga, Chira, the city. Some of our friends from Chira, they think we are villagers because we're in Chitukutwe and they're from Chira. They think they're in the city. I, I'm not even going to the detail of that. Bless, <laughs> but, but, <laughs> 
Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Next, it says, blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, and the increase of your hearts, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. Leave that verse there. It's heavy, heavy. So fruit of everybody, you could look at that as children, but I think the context here talks about labor. Labor. If you look at the whole verse, that whatever you put your hands to, the, 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 the results of your energies, your mind, your, your work is blessed. Blessed. <laughs> this is your portion. This is your portion. What are you believing God for? Stop participating in the whole negative thing going around. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body. Blessed shall be the produce of your ground and the increase of your herds and the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks. Now, in our context, not many of you are into agriculture or have farms. Now, if you are into that, you're already sorted. Now, everything else you're into, look at it that way. Whether that's music, whether that's writing, whether that's uh, pest control, whether that's advertising, whether that's media work, whether that's medicine, whether that's food, uh, restauranting, uh, travel, it is blessed. There is increase, there is produce, there is increase. Increase. Everywhere you look, increase, increase. Increase, increase. That's your portion. He says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Many people don't understand the meaning of that verse. It's not, I shall not. Want is reduction. They talk about that the lady, uh, uh, who fed Elijah and says, uh, and the, the vessel did not want, the cruise did not want, it did not reduce. To want is to reduce, to, to get, to lose. So the Lord is my, the, it's the Lord is my, because the Lord is my shepherd, I shall always be increasing. Always. To be carnally minded is death, remember. Yeah. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. I shall always be increasing. Jesus was the richest man that ever lived on, on earth. He had everything he needed and wanted. Everything. And yet it wasn't obvious. There was no opulence around him. But if he ever wanted or needed anything, he would just call it forth. That's the blessing, my friend. If you convince me that anyone richer than Jesus ever existed, you are out of your mind. Because he says the greater than Solomon is here. Solomon may have had quite some gold and silver in Jerusalem, but Jesus had the whole, the whole earth. He could easily call up something from another continent if he wanted it. And then he says you are operating in that same spirit. If God wanted to get something to you from Russia, Russia, where they speak Russian, he would get something 
he would get it to you from Russia. He would get the Russians to sit and agree to get it to you. So stop your small thinking and scarcity mindedness and just being as if you're not a follower of Jesus. You're blessed. Look, Abraham messed up. He denied his wife twice. And every time he denied his wife, he went away with a lot of wealth. Who does that? Who does that? Try and deny your wife once, not twice. What? Uh, no, don't, don't, don't try. I'm just saying the blessing is so ridiculous. This guy denies his wife in Egypt. He goes away with lots of cattle, whatever, out of Egypt. That's how he started getting wealthy. Then he denies his wife with, what was that guy? Abimelech, again, was given a lot of, he's like, we didn't know this was your wife. Here is Kato. Please go. Look, either you believe the whole of the Bible or you don't believe it at all. Yeah. I believe in the resurrection. That's why there's that Apostles' Creed and Nicene Creed. I believe in God, the Father of, of might, creator of heaven and earth. Of all that is visible and invisible, believe in Jesus Christ. And then the lion goes on. He will come again to judge the quick and the dead. <laughs> I believe all of it without exception. I may not understand some of it, but I believe it. Why? Because I trust. I know whom I believe. You know, the thing about scriptures, it's not about the scriptures. It's the one who gave the scriptures. That's why Paul says, I know whom I've believed and I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, friends, the produce of your ground, the increase of your hearts, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. Let me the next verse. He says, blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Basket. Kneading ball. What's a kneading ball for, Timo? Mm, where you make your bread. Yeah? So basically, there and fruit and fr- you, you will lack no good thing. You're blessed. Here, the previous talk, verse talks about our produce, what we do out in the garden, in the city. Here he's talking about daily, daily provision. Bully daily. You're bully daily. Like it's right there. Look, even when we started that whole testimonies group, I mean, it reached a point where I said, you really? This is a bit extra. And it is, but you just have to believe that people are receiving that much money miraculously. I... I was going to say, I don't understand it. I understand it. It's the blessing. It's the blessing. You must, take me next. Next, <coughs> next verse. Blessed shall you be when you come in. Blessed shall you be when you go out. So you're blessed in lockdown. You're blessed in unlockdown. Blessed. Next, next, next. Uh, give me next. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face 
They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. Coronavirus is one of those. Next. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Back in the day, people used to do agriculture, then they had these granaries or storehouses, and it says that the Lord commands a blessing on the storehouses. Nowadays, you go to work, they pay you. You do a consultancy, they pay you. They pay you shillings. And that money goes to your account. <coughs> so now your account is your storehouse. Now, the Bible says the Lord will command blessing on you in your storehouses. Plural, plural, multiple. There are people here. Okay, there. Who have had me teach about this and then they went and opened a dollar account. On the same day they opened a dollar account, they get paid. Someone pays them in dollars. And they're like, no one ever paid me in dollars all this time. Now, why would... Why would heaven send you dollars when you have a shilling account only? How many accounts do you think Jeff Bezos has? Or Bill Gates? Or Donald Trump? You think they have two? One in this bank, one in the other bank? Storehouses. It's the storehouse principle. Some of you understand it, some of you don't. That's why I keep telling you, have several accounts. Have your operational account, have your business growth account, have your research account, have your investment account, have an account for salaries, have an account for different things, storehouses. Now, most of you, the only thing you look at are bank charges. You're no sent a maker. 30,000 a month, no better stressed. And you expect to run a multi-billion dollar company when you're stressed about 30,000 a month? Bank charges, so, that, so you've refused to open the storehouses because of the bank charges? I don't get it. You are blessed. So you would rather compromise this principle for the same amount of money which can't buy you lunch in a respectable restaurant. And you compromise a whole spiritual principle. It's not worth it. Anyway, he will bless you in the land which the Lord is giving you. Now let's hurry. Let's to gain the master. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself just as he has sworn to you if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. Verse 10, then all the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they shall be afraid of you. They shall see. The blessing produces results and then they will be afraid of you. They will respect you. Do you know the worst thing that can ever happen to you, to your respect? Brokenness. Brokenness. The Bible declares in Proverbs, the rich man has many friends. But the poor is hated by even his own neighbor. The rich rules over the, over the poor and the borrower is servant to the lender. It's very hard to gain respect when you're broke, when you are 
as long as our nations are begging from other nations, we'll never be able to stand up and have a voice. And we have to turn this around. We have to become lenders to nations. So that they can respect us. Because a borrower is covenanted to the lender as servant. There's a covenant. That's why you sign a document. You sign a covenant document. I have borrowed X, Y. I'm going to pay back with this kind of interest. I therefore am signing away my, my rights and privileges. I now declare myself a servant to this lender. Next verse. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, and in the produce of your ground, in the land of which the Lord sought your fathers to give you, the Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season. Now, to a person who is in agriculture, rain is critically important. Now, imagine whatever your field of engagement is and, and imagine your own rain. Because to, to the farmer, rain. To, to the advertising person, rain is a, a different thing altogether. But whatever it is that is rain to you, he says will, he will, it will land on, in its season and to bless all the work of your hand, you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. Child of God, get out of debt quickly. Quickly. It's not part of the blessing. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. In other words, you will be ahead. You shall be above only and not be beneath. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today and are careful to observe them, verse 14, so you shall not turn aside from any of the words which I command you this day to the right or to the left to go after other gods to serve them. I'm going to invite my friends here to join me as we close this service and declare that we are blessed. We are blessed. Amen. I can hear the sound of a new generation. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.